have four responses. So while I'm preaching, and you identify yourself with one of these four points, I want you to make a note, because it means that God is speaking to you, and, and it's so important that we respond every single time that God speaks. And um, tonight I'm going to share a lot of my folly, <laughs> a lot of my... Um, when I was young, I was not very wise, and so I'm going to be sharing on my running experiences, because Paul talks a lot about that our Christian walk is a lot like running. In fact, there are many, many scriptures where Paul refers to the race that, that has been set before us, and um, for quite a few weeks now, I've been feeling that, you know, we come here on, we come here on a Sunday, and at, at one stage, it felt to me like Groundhog Day, like we're just in a cycle of repeat, and God uh, warned me, and he said, you're not in a cycle of repeat. Every single time, you need to be taking a step forward. You need to be growing. You need to be changing. You need to be um, becoming more Christ-like. And that's the marathon, and that's the race that he has set before us. So we're going to start with uh, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. And you can keep it up there a while, Okert. Uh, and it says this. So this is Paul speaking. He says, do you, do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wrath. Wreaths, I mean, sorry. <laughs> but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not, I do not ox as one who who is beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. And it's important to realize that runners run. In other words, if we're a Christian, and if we say we're a Christian, then we are being a Christian. In other words, being Christ-like. It's no use we say that we are a Christian, but then we act in a completely opposite way. We've got to be being transformed into the image of Christ. And it says here that every athlete exercises self-control in all things. So that's your diet. That's the time you go to bed at night. That's the time you wake up in the morning for your training. That's your social time. That's your, your, your life revolves around it. So, for, for people who run a lot, and is Linky here? Linky, oh. She ran the comrades last year, and as Gheri would know, that takes up a lot of time. It, it, it becomes quite an obsessive, compulsive thing to train for the comrades. So, comrades, you normally train for about a year. Um, that's, that's with the baseline fitness. And so, it's all things start, will point to that one race that you're training for. 
And we do it for a silly little prize. Here's mine. I wouldn't clap if you're about to hear the story I'm about to tell. But it's actually the smallest one that I've got out of all the medals. But yet, it's, it's got the closest um, place in my heart because of how tough it was. But I'll tell you now why, why it was so tough. Um, but we don't run the race of our Christianhood. Is that a word? Because of this. We run it, number one, to please Him, and number two, because we, we, we receive a prize that, is, that doesn't perish. In the Olympic Games, thank you, in the, in the Olympic Games, they used to get a, 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 a leaf, uh, like, a, like a wreath, but it, it was out of plants, and after a few days, it would be gone, it would be dead. Um, so do not run aimlessly. In other words, do you know where you're going? Do you actually know where you are at the moment? Do you know where you are in the race? Are you at the start? Are you near the end? Or are you in the middle? Do you know what's coming up? Um, because if we are um, circumstance-led, in, 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 in other words, our, our walk with God depends on how I feel. Our walk with God depends on the circumstances that happen to my life. Or do we know that actually, no matter what happens, this is where I'm going? It's a predefined choice that you've made to say, irrespective of what happens to me, I'm choosing God first every single time. And we'll be talking about that a little bit later. I do not box as one is beating the air. In other words, we have to be hitting something or to be hit. Um, I'll quickly tell you a story of, of, of Benjamin and Timothy, my, my, my two boys. They were six and eight, I think, years old, and they were starting to try and see who, who was bigger and stronger. And uh, so I bought them some boxing gloves so that they could sort it out. Um, but not necessarily to teach them how to box, but to teach them how to be hit and then still fight back. Because you see, unless we learn how to take a hit, we will never be able to stand up again to, to fight back. And I feel that so, so often, us as Christians, the first hit that comes and we stay down, we don't dare stand up again. And as Christians, we need to learn to take a hit, to stand up, and to continue the fight. So we, we, we aren't just eating the air, but we are disciplined. You see, the word discipline and disqualified on the same sentence there. Unless we're disciplined, we will be disqualified. And so being a Christian was never meant to be easy. It was never meant to be easy. In fact... If it has been easy, I have questions. <laughs> because you see, to be transformed into Christ's image is not easy. You have to die to self and you have to take the punches. 
But every single time that we read the Bible, every single time that we meet here together, every single time that we pray downstairs, every time that we come, come face to face with God and we read His Word and we pray and we, and we are intimate with Him, we will change. We will take that step forward into the race that we have been called to do. And um, my first point is starting with a disadvantage. So uh, I ran the Comrades when I was 18 years old. And uh, the only reason I ran it is because I was in the army and they told us that we'd have a weekend pass. And um, so I didn't train for it. I was just army fit. And uh, I thought, well, if my dad can do it, so can I. And so... um, we uh, went down to Durban because it was the uprun from, from Durban to Pittsburgh. For those who, who d- d- don't know, it's a race of 89 kilometers. And, um, and so the night before, we, we, we got there the night before, and, and all my friends, they, 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 they were from Durban, and, and we were staying at the Bluff at the Ricky Base, and they decided to go out because it was the first time we were allowed to go out that I was being in the army, and that was after about four months. And so I decided to go out too. And um, I'll cut a very long story short. I didn't go to sleep that night, and um, we were carbo-loading way too much. So there I was at the start of the race, and um, I wasn't sober. I wasn't a Christian. I was a Christian at school, and the wheels came off, as you can tell. And um, I'm standing at the, at the front, well, in the start line, swaying like this and going, what am I doing? And the gun goes off, and we start to run. But uh, something happened a, a few weeks prior to that. I was in a fight, and I'd lost my front tooth. And so I had a plate in. And um, because of the condition I was in, my tooth came out (laughs) and fell on the ground. Now, you must understand that there are thousands of people who are running this race. And you're so squashed that you can't move. I mean, you you run with the flow. I mean, you you can't run your own pace. You you know, you, you just run like this. But I was determined to find my tooth. So I bent down in the dark. And I was feeling for my tooth. And uh, people were falling over me. They were stumbling. They were swearing at me. They were very upset because now I was causing a pileup. But I found my tooth. (laughs) Realized it wouldn't go back in because it was now broken. So I put it in my pocket. And uh, from that moment on, I only breathed with my mouth closed because I didn't want everyone to see the gaping hole. And um, the reason I tell you this story is because I believe that there are people here who, they started their Christian walk and they feel they were disadvantaged from their entry point. In other words, their pre-Christian days were just too bad for God to actually ever use them properly. So they might be saved now, and they might come to church or whatever, but you feel like, man, I just can't get into what God really has for, for, for me because I was that bad. 
or it's the other way around. I don't have a story to tell. I was never that bad. I grew up in a Christian home. Didn't have to really repent of much, and I've always lived a good life. Both can be an excuse of God not able to fully see or, 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 or for God to not fully use you in your calling. Because the start of the race disqualifies you, or you think it does. And so me at the start of this race, I couldn't then change what had happened. I'd made the mistake. I'd been stupid. I had to run the race. It was set before me. The gun had gone. I couldn't say, can I rather just have a few hours sleep, please? And um, God is saying that he will use you no matter what your past. And uh, I want to give a, a warning to young people here. You know, in community the other night, we uh, were just explaining our testimonies in two minutes. And I think most of us had a Christian childhood, we fell away, and we came back. And that seems to be the norm. And uh, I want to tell you that that is not an example to follow. Just because we got away with it doesn't mean you will too. And just because we seem fine on the outside, it doesn't mean that those things don't haunt us, if I can use that word. Don't, um, they don't affect us and don't catch up to us. Because you see, we aren't meant to stumble. And although I was the stumbling block, when I was, when I was trying to find my tooth, I was that stumbling block. You see, if people knew I was a Christian, I would have been a stumbling block. How can I behave that way? It was shocking. And it says here in Galatians 5, verse 7, you were running well. In another version it says, you were running a good race. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? And so I hope you remember this question, young people. When the world becomes tempting, ask this to yourself. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? I believe that some of us have prophetic words and promises that are not realized. And uh, I've got a story, but I won't for time. I won't share it. In Matthew 24, verse 12, it says, And because lawlessness will be increased, love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So God is calling us to an endurance race. Young people, there's no, there's no, short, there's no shortcut out. There, there is no, I'm on sabbatical. There's no, I'm on a break. Or there's no, I just want to be with my friends who are so cool. I'm looking at you. <laughs> you know, we all call to run our own race. And just because somebody else slips and stumbles, it doesn't mean that we have to now too. We, we were just discussing the other day, you know, um, everyone is going to be hurt by people in the church. Everyone. 
It's, it's going to happen. If it hasn't happened yet, it will. Be prepared. Because don't let them make you stumble. We have a race that is set before us. So that was the first point, starting with a disadvantage. Number two, when the fatigue sets in. You know, each trial that we are, that is sent us, that's each step, and each step is a victory. You see, if I'm running a race and I take a step, do you know that I don't have to take that step again? It's done. I've moved on. I've, I've, I've progressed. I've, I've gained ground. And uh, only God can give us the grace, the love, and the, the energy to run this race. We can't do it in our own strength. You see, religion will only take us so far. In the comrades, that's about the halfway mark. So to qualify for the, for the comrades, you have to do a marathon. And um, you have to do it within a certain time. And so most people can do a marathon. That, that's what they've trained for. That's what they've been tested at. And so they get to the halfway point, which is just over a marathon, and um, suddenly the wheels start to fall off. Because we can only prepare that much. So if we have religion in our hearts and, and we live by rules, we can only go so far. And then the wheels start to fall off. But in Isaiah 40, verse 28, it says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. So when you have no might, when you're feeling like you can't anymore, he gives you strength. He gives you power, it says. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What we were talking about tonight is that love compels us. Love strengthens us. It is his, by His Spirit that we are given the strength to go when we are, are tired. You see, if, if you start looking at the spectators, now, in Comrades, the guys are there most of the day. I mean, it's a 12-hour race. Well, it is a 12-hour race today. When I ran it, it was an 11-hour race. And um, so, you, so, so the spectators are out the whole day. And they're brying. They, um, they're having a party. They've got, they've got music. They've got uh, nice things to drink and whatever. So if I'm concentrating on them, I'm going to start comparing myself to them. And I'm going to feel extra tired. Because they look very fresh com com compared to the way I feel. And uh, the only person that you can look to is Jesus. And uh, when the comrades was really starting to get, I mean, I didn't train for it, so 
the halfway point was my, my end point, and then the rest was... I used to pray th- 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 this prayer, and, and this is genuine. I said, Father, you pick up my feet, I'll put them down. Because <laughs> my legs were that sore. And uh, just a testimony of last year. So last year, if uh, you're a visitor, my son um, spent most of the year in hospital with leukemia. And emotionally, towards the end of last year, I was exhausted. I'd say to Kanya, I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like it's empty, like my tank is gone. I, I, I've got no reserves. If anything small, ha- small happens, I'm, I'm a mess. I've, I've got no, I've got no, you know, you know when a spring, it, it, you pull it and it, and it shoots back. Felt like if you pulled my spring, it just stayed there. It, it had no strength to pull back. And there was nothing that anyone could tell me. There was nothing that intellectually I could understand. But all I had to do was keep going back to God. Keep on going, say, God, I'm tired. I can't do this. I need your strength because I can only do this with you. And so when the fatigue sets in, the only person that can strengthen you is Christ himself. And yes, we have a family that's surrounding us and and encouraging us and supporting us, and and the support that we received as a family was incredible, absolutely incredible. But the support was to point me to Jesus. They encouraged me to look at him. And it was like God would lift us up as a family and we would soar like eagles because I couldn't run anymore. The third point is um, going around the mountain. Who's been there? I'm sure a few of us. You see, specific trials will bring us to his perfection. You know, when I was doing the comrades and a big hill came, I couldn't say, okay, look, this hill's not what I'm up to right now. Can you just put me in a car, take me up to the top of the hill, and I'll continue from there? Do you know that I'll be disqualified? In other words, I didn't complete the race, even though I completed 99% of it, because I didn't complete that one part. And so God often keeps us there until we are able to complete the hill. It says in Hebrews 12, verse 1, uh, which um, Stephen read out earlier, it says, um, you're saying something, Lord? Anyway, it says, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great Great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, on the journey, um, we have a specific course that is set before us. Let us run the race with endurance for the set before us. So there's a specific course for each and every single one of us. Now, we're not racing each other. We're racing ourselves. I was under no illusion that I was going to win the comrades. I knew that I wouldn't win. I was racing me. I was racing myself to to finish. And um, and we have to make sure that we complete everything that God has for us. Sometimes we pick up things along the way that are not healthy, which brings me to another terrible story. And I was doing the two oceans. And uh, I, I had trained this time. Uh, myself and my friend, we, we were um, going for a time, uh, a sub five hour for, it's a 56K race in Cape Town. And um, we were going on track. We were doing well. We felt good. We came to the top of Chapman's Peak, which is about the 40K mark. Um, I'd, um, six, I, we had 16 Ks to go. And the race was sponsored by Olsen's, which was a beer. I don't think it's around anymore. And there was a guy handing out beers. And so my friend Orbs, he uh, went to the side and he picked up two beers. He gave me one and we cracked them open. We thought, why not? Man, I look back and I think, gee, I had a lot of growing up to do. And anyway, so we had this beer, thought nothing of it. But little did I know that alcohol is a diuretic. In other words, it takes the water out your system. And uh, I only had just enough as it was. And so I went into a complete dehydration state. Come the last five Ks, I didn't know where I was, who I was, or what I was doing. In fact, at one stage, all I can remember, because I don't remember much, I, I was blanking out, all I can remember is the crowd was saying, it's that way, which means I, was, I must have been going the wrong way. I don't remember. I told my friend to go, to go ahead because he was going for a time. And um, all I could think was, I need water badly. And so I got to the last fueling station, and there was a bucket of, um, there, there was a trough. Like a, like, like, like a barrel of water. And we all, in those days, used to run with a sponge. And if you go past a barrel, you take your sponge and you, and you wet it and you put water on you. But you can imagine everyone's sponge, how not nice that is and how not nice that water was. But I tell you what, I stuck my head in this trough right under and I just began to drink. Like, just suck it all the water up. I'll tell you what, it was beautiful water. <laughs> because I was that thirsty. <laughs> and uh, I went to the, the, the lady at the table and she was offering small cups of Coke. I said, I, I want the two liter. And I just began to down. And uh, I started to come round. And uh, I did make it. 
five, five hours 29. And, um, but I did pass out at the end. I, I, I woke up in hospital with uh, all these nurses around me and some drips and things, but um, I did survive in the end. But that just shows you how an innocent slip just, we thought it was harmless. Well, I certainly did. My friend was fine, not me. How that took me out the race. I almost didn't finish. If it wasn't for the crowd saying that way, I could still be running. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, you know, I think when we go around the mountain, it's normally because of two things, really. One, it's we don't want to pass the test that God has for us. Or number two, there's a sin area in our lives that is, is on repeat mode. And we are unable to repent. And we are unable to sort it out. And so God will keep us in a circling pattern until we are able to grow out of that. And until we are able to repent and to come to Him and say, God, Father, forgive me. Because I don't know what I was doing. I had no clue. And then he will, like, that, like the bucket of water, he will renew your strength. He will give you that sustenance. He will give you the strength to enable you to complete the race. In Hebrews, um, oh no, I've read that one. In James 1 verse 2, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. You see, God wants us to be perfect. Perfect means complete, lacking in, in I think the, the, the Greek word is teleos. It means fully mature, fully grown up. We can't skip we can't skip hills and expect us to be fully grown up. Is that the page I don't need? No, that, that's the page I need. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. No, that's page two. So there, there, there's nothing of the race that we can skip is the point I'm trying to make. In Romans 3, 5, verse 3, it says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. There's a reason. You know, there are certain questions I've promised myself that I will not ask about why last year had to happen to us as a family. The only question I can ask is, God, how is this going to transform me more into your likeness? That's the only question. I can't ask the question of, why me? Why him? Why him and not me? I can't, I, the, the, those questions can't be asked because there isn't an answer until I get to heaven. But I can, I can say, God, what are you teaching me right now, what can I, how can I learn, how can I grow, show me your ways, no matter what the outcome, God had to speak to me very clearly about that, what's your faith going to look like, no matter the outcome, 
The fourth one, so coming into land, is the end is in sight. In other words, you've, you've been running this race a while. And for us, it's normally if you have gray hair, you've been a Christian your whole life, you start counting the years you might have left instead of the years that have gone past. And you think, you know, I've been there, I've done that, I've got the t-shirt. But God is still calling you to his race. We don't retire in his kingdom. And so, even if the end is in sight, it's, Father, what are you calling me to today? I could easily have, and I did start to use this excuse at one stage, that, oh, God, you know what, I've, I've moved country, I've sold houses, I've, I've given up everything multiple times, I can't do it again. You can't, you can't expect me to do it again. I've, I did that in my youth. I, I gave you the prime of my life. It means nothing. God's calling me still today. And that's why I'm here today. Because I know that God still has more that He wants out of me. God still is refining me. God's still perfecting my faith. He's never going to stop until the covenant breaks, which is when I die. I don't retire. In, in, in 2 Timothy 4 verse 5, it says, As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already... So this is... Uh, sorry, to give context, this is Paul. And he's about to, he, he knows that he's about to, to be with the Lord. Um, he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You know, I was at the end of the comrades. All I had to do was enter the stadium and do 400 meters around the track. The problem is, if you've run that far, and suddenly you move from a solid surface like tar to grass, your legs can't cope. And so it was the most bizarre thing. As I came onto the grass, there were three or four people that were just lying there because their legs just literally collapsed from, from, from going onto the grass. And I knew the one guy. He, he was in the army with me. And he wasn't a particularly good friend of mine, but I knew him. His name was Ludic. And so I saw him there. Now, I'm exhausted. I, I can barely... Think straight. My lungs are stiff. My arms are stiff. <laughs> Everything was stiff. I was, I was in so much pain. And I saw him lying there, and I thought, I can't just leave him there, because we only had a few minutes remaining before the gun w w went off. It was 10 hours and 48 minutes, because I made it in 10 hours and 49. Well, I didn't run the last 400 meters that fast, but you get the point. And I saw him there, and I thought, if I bend down now, I might go down too. 
But I thought, I can't, I can't just leave a brother there. So I bent down and I picked him up. And he was very grateful because he couldn't stand up. And the problem with the comrades is you aren't allowed any outside help. The, 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 the spectators may not help you because then you will be disqualified. And so I picked him up. And I still have a photo of me coming around the corner of the finish line with, with his arm over mine and we, we coming in together because I'm holding him. Man, I want to do that in my faith. I want to be on death's door. And you know what? If someone is lying down, unable to stand up, I want to still encourage him. I want to preach to him. I want to be able to, to say, God can help you. God can... And I, I want to be that person to bring him home. I don't want to retire. I don't want to, to, to get to the end and say, it's time for me to rest. There is no rest. And so I hope you've been listening to those four points. And I think um, this is a message of encouragement. I'm hoping that it inspires you to, to maybe wake up a bit earlier to have your quiet time or to be more proactive in your walk with, with God and saying, God, where am I? Where am I going? What am I not repenting for? If you feel like you've been stuck... Anyway, let me go through the points. There's some of you that, 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 that might say, I'm observing the race, but I'm not actually a runner. In other words, I'm not actually saved yet. I don't know what this race you're talking about. I, I see the people running, and I want to be part, part of that. Or you have excuses to why you can't do what God has called you to do. You know that God has called you to certain things. You know there's been a prophetic word on your life and it's never come to pass. And God is saying, I want to put my finger on that. And I want to see it fulfilled in your life. Or if you're feeling overwhelmed by the journey ahead, you're looking at this hill going, I can't do it. God wants to take you back to the start of that hill and say, you know what, you can climb that hill. You can overcome that thing in your life that you've been avoiding and that's why you just don't seem to be growing you seem to be in a hold pattern so you need to repent for not progressing in the race or you might need to repent for having an attitude of I've been there, I've done that I used to be on fire for God. I used to do these wild things, and now I'm tame. I still want to be radical. I still want to be crazy, <laughs> just not in my running. So, so Stephen, if you can perhaps help me out. But if, if that's you, and you feel like you just want to come and and spend some time with God and saying, okay, God, search my heart. Search me right now. Where in the journey am I? Am I being 
proactive or am I just led by the circumstance that, that I find myself in? And we, we would love to pray with you. But you know what? Also, you can just come to the front and spend some time with God. Repentance is a very easy thing. It's saying, God, I acknowledge that I've sinned and uh, I choose to walk away from that sin and I choose to look into your eyes and to follow you in that area in your life. So uh, if someone can come up and just play a, play a song or, or something. Um, and yeah, I think if we can all stand. Yeah, I've got something. Um, so even um, as John read that scripture earlier, for the joy um, before him, it's that Jesus endured the cross. Um, I think in the same way, um, everything is so well intertwined tonight that um, if we haven't seen the love of God, um, if, we, if we haven't experienced the, 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 the driving force behind why we're in this race in the first place, um, we won't endure the cross. If, if we're barely making it right now, if, if, if even while it's going well, we're barely making it, I, I sometimes wonder when it becomes really challenging, will we be the first to fall out of the race? And so um, I really believe that, that there's, there's two things tonight that without which we cannot, we cannot endure this race that he said before us. And that is, we, we can't be here out of duty or because it looks like the right thing to do. We have to be here because we know and we've seen the love of God in our lives. And secondly, that we are filled with the joy um, of the Lord. And so I want to I wanna encourage anyone... Um, this is not for the, for the person that, that, that hasn't chosen Jesus yet. It's, it's for every single person that thinks, Lord, I can, I, can, I can do with a little more of a revelation of your love in my life. I can do with a little bit more joy in my life that will, that will be the wind in my sails as I continue this race. It's like being in a slipstream um, of God's love. And that thing will, will drive you forward. And so I want to encourage as many people as, as will fit to come to the front as a, as, a, as a sign of obedience and to come and say, Lord, I want to come and be drenched in your love one more time um, to empower me on this race. And so for anyone who's got the faith to do that, to join me um, in the front. And just as we look on the beauty of our Savior... that that would be the overflow from which our race will be ran. And so, Lord, tonight, I don't want to settle for anything less than what you intended in the first place, Lord. I want to be filled to the brim. Lord, I don't want to be half full. I don't want to be quarter full. Lord, because until I'm not overflowing, I can't encourage my brother next to me. And so, Lord, as we are even called to run this race together, and as John illustrated this thing of picking one another up, that's our duty as we run this race. And if I'm in the place where my tank is quarter or half or even three quarters, I'm not in the place where there's overflow. I can't help my brother. And so, Lord, I ask that, that you would fill us to overflowing tonight once more with your love and with your joy, Lord. Lord, I'm trusting for a supernatural infilling of your Spirit right now because we know that the fruit of the Spirit is joy and love. And so, Lord, I ask that, that you would tangibly work in our hearts right now, Lord. Lord, woe to us if we come here every week expecting to leave the same. Lord, would you change us? Would you fill us up, Father, that we can't do anything else than sing your praises 
pick up those who are falling next to us, Lord, and run the race that you have set before us. And so, Jesus, if, even as we just sing a song um, to end off the evening, would you fill our hearts right now, Lord? In Jesus' name.